Please pray with me. Lord God, I thank you for bringing us here together today, Lord, to worship you and praise you. I pray that you would focus our hearts upon you now, that we might receive your word that you will pour out upon us. And I pray that your spirit would enable us to hear it in our own language. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. It is so good to see you all today. Happy Pentecost. Thank you. It's not one of those things you hear all the time, is it? It's not like Merry Christmas, you know, that you got your whole, like, response there, or, you know. Yeah, Happy Pentecost. It's an incredible day, though, right? This is the beginning of the church, right? This day of Pentecost is where uh, we first see the disciples uh, carry out that commission that they have been given by Jesus Christ. It is, this is the beginning of us. So it's an exciting day. But hold off on that for a second. Because on uh, Thursday... I got into my trusty old car, uh, the one that abandoned me up on the Donner Summit uh, in a blizzard this last winter, that same car. I got into it in my garage, and I uh, got in, and uh, which is not easy because it's like 15 feet off the ground, it feels like, so you kind of haul yourself up into that thing. And, you know, I put in the clutch and turned the key, and then what happened? No, no, it started. I was so excited because you're never sure. Right? So it started, I was like, oh, hallelujah, it's running. Right? You know, it takes a little time to warm up because it's old. It's only got 240,000 miles on it. And so it kind of lumps into its idle. And I'm like, okay, good. All set. Put it in gear. Pull off the e-brake. Go to take off. And it goes, almost dies, right? So I put in the clutch again. And I'm like, and it goes back up to idle. And I'm like, what is going on here? It's like it was stuck on something. So, put it in neutral, pull out the e-brake again, you know, go to make sure I'm not, you know, on top of a child or, you know, have like a block in front of the wheel or something like, you know, because I work on it all the time, you know, so I've always got tools around it, so I want to make sure I'm not running over my jack or something like that. So get out, look around. No, no, nothing there. Nothing under all the tires. I pull everything a long ways away in case it's like, you know, just the force field of something is keeping it from moving. And uh, get back in, you know, put it in gear, release the e-brake. Nothing. No movement. I can feel it straining. It feels like it wants to go. It wants to move, which is good for my car. It wants to move. But it's not. Something is going on with this thing. So I tried again. Nothing. I put it in four-wheel drive low. I locked the hubs, put it in four-wheel drive low, which, you know, can free you from anything, right? This thing is an off-road machine. And just goes to die again. I was stuck. Stuck in my garage, in my car, on a sunny day. You know? Can you believe it? This thing that's, that's like done like some of the most difficult off-road trails in Northern California. Can't get out of my garage. I was stuck there. I mean, I, and it was not even for a good reason. I didn't even know what was going on. So I had to, I had to double, well, first I had to go visit the people I was going to go visit. So I used my wife's car, which always runs, right? And so, well, what kind of adventure is that, right? Having a car that always runs? So go visit them, come back, and I start doing some research, right? What could be wrong with this car? And I found out that on cars like that, you know, that have drum brakes in the back, like old trucks, 
right? Sometimes, which if you've been like driving through rivers, anyone drive through rivers in their spare time? So I was driving through a river the other day, and when the water gets into drums, it can sometimes cause the emergency brake, when it's applied afterwards, to stick to the drum, right? It kind of adheres itself, and the brakes kind of freeze up like that. And so mine were like that. Both my e-brake, both on both sides in the back, were stuck to the drums. So uh, that was what was keeping me out. There was the brakes were on, literally the brakes were on, and I couldn't get out of the garage. It was holding me back from the full potential of this amazing car that I have. Right, those brakes being stuck there. Now that's kind of like what the disciples had going on before the day of Pentecost. Right, they were there. Jesus had told them at the at the his, at the ascension. He said, "Wait." Wait, because I am sending my spirit to you, and when it comes, amazing things are going to happen. Right? John baptized with water, but you are going to be baptized with the spirit. So wait for it. It's worth waiting for. They were told by Jesus that the spirit would completely change and transform their ministries. He would make it so that they could preach with power, so that they could share the love, the, so that they could share with love, and so that people could hear the message in their own language. And in our passage from the book of Acts today, we see the Holy Spirit coming with power on the day of Pentecost. And he comes with signs and wonders. As the passage said, uh, it sounded like a rushing, a violent wind. Right? What, is that? what do you think that sounds like? Let me hear it. Yeah, come on. That's like air out of a tire. I'm thinking like 747 kind of sound. I like... You know, like this tornado kind of coming. Like, that's what I imagine the spirit coming was like. And then what else happens? What's the other cool sign? Flames, yeah. They've all got like Zippos on their head, right? This like flames out the top of their head. What do you think people were thinking when this was happening? And then, and then what is the other sign that happens in addition to this? Speaking in tongues, right? So they start speaking in different languages. And people can suddenly, people are there from all over the world, and they hear the gospel in their own language. They hear it in the language, their heart language. I mean, they might understand the other languages that people spoke in that area, but they hear it in their language. They hear it. Anyone, um, did it speak to you when Deacon Ann or Tony were reading in uh, Danish and Russian? Absolutely. Somebody who speaks Russian or Danish and... Really? Wow. It wasn't working for me. Right? I was like, I don't get it. It was hard. Did anyone feel kind of queasy when somebody was reading another language? Because I'm like, I want to know what it is, but I can't understand it. But when Tara read it in English, I was like, ah, that's it. That's my language. It makes sense to me here. And so these people are suddenly able to hear these disciples who are not multilinguists. I mean, they, they don't speak all these other languages. Suddenly, by the power of the Spirit, speaking in foreign tongues, and they get to hear the gospel of the Lord in a language that their heart understands. And what is the response of some of the people? What do they accuse the disciples of being? Drunk! Drunk! That's right. Hopefully they didn't have a reputation for this. You know, but yes, they accuse them of being drunk. They think they must be drunk. But, I mean, come on. Like, this does not, I, like, at our house in town, we hear lots of drunk people come by at night. They are not speaking in a foreign language that is understandable. I'll tell you what, right? It's not, it's definitely incomprehensible. 
But no, this is clear and in the language of the people. They're not drunk with the spirit of the bottle. They are drunk by the Holy Spirit. They are overcome with the power of God, and God is pouring out his grace and his love for them. And so Peter gets up, and it's Peter's pattern always to explain what is happening in light of what God said would happen in the Old Testament. Right? Peter always interprets the reality of today in light of the reality of Scripture. That's the way he does it. And so he quotes from the prophet Joel, who's in the Old Testament, and who says, In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. God had planned for this occurrence from long ago. And the beautiful thing about the gift of the Holy Spirit is it, was, it went out universally to all those who believed in Christ. It went out to everyone. It was not just the best and the brightest It was everyone. It was slaves and free and women and men. It didn't matter. Old people, young people. Everybody got it. It just poured out equally upon everyone. This huge blessing of the power of the Holy Spirit. This was what Jesus wanted the disciples to wait for. He wanted them to wait for the coming of the promised Holy Spirit. He wanted them to be patient for this Holy Spirit to come and fall upon them. And open their mouths and the ears and the hearts of the people. And the result of this passage, which we don't have on our page, but which, you know, we know of next in the scriptures, is that 3,000 people come to faith and are baptized. 3,000 people in one day. It's amazing. Just this sudden outpouring of God's power. 3,000 people speaking different languages from all over the world come to faith in Christ through these simple, humble disciples. The disciples, right? These are the, this, this kind of faithless, bungling group who've kind of followed Jesus around for a few years and who can't seem to get anything right. Like These guys are the ones who have this amazing outpouring of the Spirit and this amazing evangelistic crusade. It's phenomenal. And so, what do you think it is? If you were to, like, ascribe the the success to something, would you say it's because the disciples during this last 40 days were reading self-help ministry books and kind of boning up on preaching? Right? Or or, or what do you think? Or was it the Spirit? Okay, you should be sure? Okay, all right. Yeah, I think you're right, too. It's not them. They're the same folks. The same disciples who had blown everything else before that, the same disciples who had abandoned Jesus, the same disciples who never seemed to get the parables right, those same disciples are the ones who here are able to preach clearly to these people and allow for 3,000 people to come into relationship with Christ. It's the Spirit. The Spirit working within them allows this to happen. The disciples, all they had to do was to wait. Because if they would have tried to go out on their, you know, before this time, if they had tried to go out in this interim period in between the Ascension and Pentecost and tried to do this same thing, what do you think? Success rate? Not good. Not good at all, right? Because they would just be working out of their own strength. Yeah, they would have not done very well. They They might have had a few converts. It might have gone okay. 
But no, they had to wait. They had to wait for the spectacular and powerful gift of the Holy Spirit. Because their lives before the coming of the Spirit was kind of like my forerunner in my garage. Right? The drums were locked up. There might have been that gospel message inside of them, that engine that was propelling them, but the brakes were on. The brakes were on because the Spirit had not yet fallen upon them and given them the ability to proclaim that message. The brakes were on in their lives. But once God's Spirit moves, once God's Spirit falls upon us, once God's Spirit fell upon the disciples, suddenly those hubs were freed, and they were able to go forth on their mission as they had been called by the Lord. Powerful things happened. Amazing things happened. Lives were turned around through these simple, humble disciples being willing to allow the Spirit to work in their hearts. In the same way, amazing things are happening here right now. Amazing things are happening at Emmanuel. Lives are being transformed. Hearts are being warmed. Relationships are mended. Faith is being given out by the same Spirit. Powerful things are happening here. And the reason it's happening is, why do you think? You think it's the Spirit or you think it's us? Spirit, that's right. I mean, we're a great group of people, but it's the Spirit that's doing the powerful work here. There's no formula. There's no ministry book you can read that tells you all the proper steps to do. Well, there are. You know, there are all kinds of books out there about this. But they're not the, they're not the solution. The solution is the Spirit which was given at Pentecost. This Spirit is what enables you and me humble people, so much like the disciples in so many ways, to do this radical and phenomenal ministry. It's through the Spirit's power that our lives are transformed, that we are brought to the foot of the cross where we confess our brokenness to Jesus Christ and we are redeemed by his blood. And it's by this same Spirit that he picks us up and he empowers us to go out into the world and proclaim that to the people we encounter. That Spirit... That spirit which radically transformed the world at Pentecost is working in our lives as well, is enabling and empowering the ministries we are doing here. And ultimately, it is that spirit which is bringing us success. May we be people at Emmanuel who are willing to follow the Spirit's leading. May we be willing to step out of our comfort zone, to open our mouths and allow the Spirit to speak through us. May we be willing to step into people's lives and to give them the love of Jesus Christ. These are all things the Spirit enables us to do. And as we celebrate this Pentecost, may our hearts be set aflame with a love for Jesus Christ, which can't be dampened by anything in this world. As we do this, we will be God's hands and feet, the outpouring of his Spirit and his transform, transforming work in the world. And this world will change because of you and me. And our willingness to follow this Holy Spirit, which can take simple disciples and turn them into powerful servants of God. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, you can do amazing things. 
you can do things that we cannot even ask for or imagine. Lord, you could do them all on your own, but you ask us, Lord, to partner with you in these ministries. Lord, you invite us to step into these ministries with you and walk alongside you. Lord, help us to be willing to do that. Help us to be willing to drop our barriers, Lord, to put no impediment between your work and our lives, Lord God. May we be people who receive your spirit, who receive your grace, and may we ultimately be people who pass it along to those we encounter. I thank you, Lord, for inviting us into this ministry of your spirit, and we pray that you would powerfully use us this day and forevermore. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.